Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a movie podcast for those who live on a steady diet, a movie theater popcorn, and other movie snacks like gold-flaked Snickers bars or gold-flaked popcorn or, well, that's an MTV Movie Award. Anything gold-flaked because... It is Oscar week. Now, we previously released our Hindsight Awards, looking back on the last... We, we basically looked back 20 years, 10 years, and 5 years to look at, in hindsight, did the right films win the Oscars? And now we're looking to the future. This is our Oscar predictions episode. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. And with me, as usual, is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. And David, have you watched all the live action short films yet? Absolutely. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> just, a, just a point of emphasis on that. If you are interested in seeing these, you can go. I think AMC this week is showing... There's show times where you can go and watch all of them just like straight in a row, like the documentary shorts, live action shorts, and animated shorts, well, as well nice. as they're doing a marathon of the best pictures too. So God, I can't sit through some of them again. <laughs> some of them. You should go see Phantom Thread though. <laughs> Maybe not. Even I could. Even I couldn't hold it. Anyways, we are here to predict. The Oscars. We are going to go through every category. We're not going to do some deep analysis um, on a lot of them. To be completely honest, in some of these short films, um, it's going to be just a shot in the dark. Hell, some of these, uh, even technical categories, might be a shot in the dark. Um, but we are going to go through and we are going to pick our predictions for each one of the nominations. Now, David, you were talking to me a little bit about a challenge that you wanted to Well, pose. every year we have... There's a good group of movie buddies that get together yep. um, at Rick's Rick's Casa. At the Casa de Rico. And we have a tradition of doing a predictions uh, contest. Yep. So everybody picks their ballot, fills out their ballots, and winner takes not only the pride, but also some cash. Yes. I've won. We've tied. We've tied. We've won. Other, one, other people... In good movie buddies, good Jessica movie. Gallagher, Austin Frankie, Matt Theodosis. Yep, we've got lots of different past winners. Yes. Um, but we want to get all of you involved. Um, all the listeners. All the listeners. All the good movie buddies. All the followers out there. Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna issue a challenge. We want to see what you guys are capable of. Yes. And so we want you to tweet us, Facebook us. Anywhere you follow us, right. send us your predictions for all of the categories. Yep. So you've got to pick the live action short winner as well. Yep. Do your research, study up, make your best predictions, and we're going to give the winner a prize, uh, a $20 gift card to your place of choice. Um, oh, right. with it within reason place of choice yeah well it it has to be available where we're at so it it you may not domestic, get a choice at the end but there United will be States. a reward of a gift card of some sort yes uh, uh the easiest way you can do this is by listing out all your predictions on like your phone um, and grabbing a screenshot of it and tweeting us the picture or filling out a ballot and grabbing a screenshot and making sure it's an image because then you can tweet us an image of your predictions. Um, if we do have any ties, uh, we're just going to go by who sent it in first. If anybody sends it in. Who knows? Could be nobody listening to I'm this. Gonna win, I'm going to win the gift card. 
No, I don't think that's how that works. Um, all right. With all that being said, let's just dive right into it, David. Let's start with live action short film. Our nominees include DeKalb Elementary, The Silent Child, The 11 O'Clock, My Nephew Emmett, and Watu Wotes, or also All of Us. Well, with all of my great knowledge of this category. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, I'm going to go with... <laughs> I'm going to go with DeKalb Elementary. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, we're going to just – this is just a guess. I haven't seen any of these films. Nope. I haven't read up on them. But just to be contrarian, I'm going to go with The Silent Child. Um, it just sounds like something that should win. Sure. So that's that's what we're going <laughs> with. Um, so next, moving on to yet another one that I'm sure we all know about, Documentary Short. Documentary Short, Edith and Eddie – Heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. Uh, heroin or, or heroin, uh, heroin. Uh, knife skills and traffic stop. You know, the research I've done tells me that Edith and Eddie is How the overwhelming you. favorite here. Okay. But I'm going with, just because I love the title of it, Heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. I do like that. I do like that. I'm going to go with you on that one as well. I also predict, predict Heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. By the way, for all of those listening, we are recording this on a Sunday, the week before the Oscars. I reserve the right to change my mind on any of my these. My ballot will probably be different yes, than this one. Yes, yes. These are not our... Uh, these are the official popcorn diet uh, predictions. These are not our individual predictions. And there will be bragging rights of who got it right oh, on, we'll this, come, oh, on we, this. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll come up. We'll definitely come up. All right, David. I already know what you're going to pick here. But for animated short film, we're going Dear Basketball, Garden Party, Lou, Negative Space, or Revolting Rhymes. You know, as much as Rick's a big fan of coming-of-age stories, I'm going with Kobe Bryant to take it home for Kobe. Dear Basketball. I'm, you're probably right. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to Lou, um, Lou? from Pixar. Yep. Uh, really, really great little animated short film. But you're probably right. I think I think L.A. and Hollywood isn't going to miss the opportunity to give Kobe an Oscar. It's true. So I'm going to go with Dear basketball as well. That gives him one thing that he can say, like, okay, Jordan had more, you know, Jordan and I on the rings. I want a fucking the points, Oscar, Mike. But I got an Oscar. What did yep. you get for Space Jam? You got nothing, Mike. Get it's out true. of here. Underrated performance for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, foreign film. We have uh, On Body and Soul, Loveless, The Insult, A Fantastic Woman, and The Square. I know you've been really brushing up on your foreign films. You know, I had an issue. I couldn't understand most of these. <laughs> I'm shocked. But I'm going, Turn the subtitles I'm, I'm going with Fantastic Woman. Um, I'm probably going to go with The Square here. It's a little bit of a controversial choice. Um, it's one that has been a divisive film. I've actually read up on it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're probably right. I think A Fantastic Woman's probably going to get it. But I'm it's the just, year of the woman. I just feel the square. There's possibilities there. You're a square. I, I am anything but a square. How dare you? Um, all right. Documentary. Feature length. We have Strong Island. We have Faces Places. We have Icarus. Uh, Last Men in Aleppo. And Abacus. Small Enough to Jail. I know you're a big documentarian. You I love am. your nonfiction. Um... 
you know, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with last man, last man in Aleppo. I was gonna do the same. All right. I was gonna do the same. Yeah. Mostly um, because I can't say the Icarus. <laughs> Is that how you say it? Icarus? Yeah, Icarus. No, I'm sticking with last man in Aleppo. All right, Icarus could get it. Um, I have a feeling their faces place is probably gonna get it as well. Um, like those two, I would pick, but but I was gonna go with Last Man in Aleppo, and I'll stick with it. All right. Uh, animated feature. Now these are gonna start getting a little bit easier, uh, just in terms of like analytics, because we've seen some of these films. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have inexplicably Boss Baby, <laughs> Ferdinand, Loving Vincent, The Breadwinner, and Coco. Never have I been more confident in saying. Coco will be the winner. Here. Yeah, I think anything else is a is a fucking upset. Uh, Coco all the way for sure. Don't sleep on Boss Baby. Don't don't <laughs> don't sleep on if you're not gonna if you're gonna not sleep on anything. Don't sleep on Loving Vincent. That's the only one I could see possibly taking it here. Um, all right, David. This is an interesting category. Best visual effects. Again, when it comes to these technical categories, these are usually the bone that the Academy throws to the big blockbusters here, um, which you, which I have a well-documented issue with. That being said, the nominees for best visual effects this year are War for the Planet of the Apes, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Blade Runner 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and Kong Skull Island. Interesting fact, every King Kong film ever, not every King Kong film, but the main King Kong films, the one in the 30s, the one in the 70s, Jeff Bridges, and the one Peter Jackson made, all won visual effects. Interesting. Well, this is going to break the streak then. <laughs> I think it will. <laughs> um, you know, this one's tough for me. I'm, you know, I'm kind of throwing out Guardians of the Galaxy and Star Wars that while they were fantastic visual ex- Effects to me, this is a two horse race between War for the Planet of the Apes and Blade Runner 2049. I walked out of Blade Runner 2049 and said, I don't see how it doesn't win visual effects. Sure, but you also have to factor in War for the Planet of the Apes has never gotten the technical love that it deserved, the, and this was the last one. It was great, and freaking point. Andy Circus and what he did with Caesar in this franchise is just too hard to ignore. So I'm actually going to go against what my initial gut instinct, and I've said most of the year, and go with War for the Planet of the Apes. I'm going to agree with you for the exact same reason. I think it's going to be a little bit of a lifetime achievement award for these guys. Um, neither of the new, uh, n- the previous two Planet of the Apes films that came from this particular series did not win, although they were nominated. I think this is the year that they get it. Yeah. Um, I hope they do. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be mad with any of these winning. No, they were all, I mean, they're all fantastic. And I the mean, visual effects are all fantastic in all of them. For me, if if War for the Planet of the Apes doesn't win, I really hope it's Blade Runner. But they're all deserving. I agree. I agree. All right. Sound mixing and sound editing. We'll start with sound mixing. Uh, sound mixing is Dunkirk, Blade Runner, 2049, Baby Driver, Star Wars, and The Shape of Water. So I feel like in this category, the easiest one for like the common moviegoer to understand right. fantastic sound mixing would be Baby Driver because it like actually mixes like music and sound. Okay. Um, and I really want to pick it, but I feel like war movies usually do really well here. And, and I, I'm not really stepping out on a ledge, but I do think it's going to be Dunkirk. It's true. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, get confused 
about the difference between mixing and editing, right? Mm -hmm. Sound editing is when, you know, people record the sounds, you know, live on set and they put it together, um, you know, whether it be dialogue, whether it be Foley, whether it be sounds, they kind of put all of that shit together. Um, that's the sound editing. Sound mixing um, is all done sort of in posts. Mm -hmm. um, it's all – they take all of the sound editing elements um, and the elements from other uh, – you know, from the other editors essentially um, and they put it all together with with music, with the sound that was captured on set. So, you know, those they're, – they're just a little bit different. Um, but I am going to go with you same. I am going to say that sound mixing is probably going to go to Dunkirk. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if sound editing went the same way as well. Um, identical nominations, Dunkirk, Baby Driver, Blade Runner, Shape of Water, and well, Star and, Wars. And those, they're so tightly tied together. I feel like it's not uncommon for the same one to win both categories right. each year. It's part of the reason, in my opinion, why they announce the categories together. Like normally you have like some break in between them, but they like fire them off immediately after sure. each other. No commercial break, nothing, you know, like that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I got to think it's going to be Dunkirk. And I think of the two categories, just knowing like what they're for, I think Dunkirk's got to be the bigger favorite for every, editing over mixing um whereas i think there could be an upset in mixing if they're going to be split on the category sure i could see dunkirk editing baby driver mixing but i'm going to stick with dunkirk sure. to sweep. sure i'm i'm gonna agree i'm gonna go with dunkirk as well i could see when it comes to editing i could see like fantasy films um get a little bit more love because editing is the actual generation of the sounds. Um, so when you're talking Star Wars and like Shape of Water and like Blade Runner, you're creating sounds that like don't exist. Sure. Right. Whereas with Dunkirk and Baby Driver, I mean, I, again, this is kind of shortchanging them a little bit, but you're getting tire screeches, you're getting bullet point, bullet hits and, and gunfire and things like that. Um, so if anything, I could see editing going to more towards fantasy. But I think we're. I think you're both right. I think Dunkirk's not going to get a lot of love later on in the day, but I could see Baby Driver sneaking in and getting some love here as well. And the thing about Dunkirk, it was just so technically well done. It really was. And like, because I can remember sounds from that movie, like when the plane goes overhead in the end and some of that kind of stuff. Right. And the way that they told that story with the fact that it wasn't a straight line. And so some of those scenes you heard things in the background that you had already heard in the background of a different scene from a right. different location. So like that all is why, like, I just can't see it not doing well. Um, you know, in star Wars, I think to some point probably still always gets the nomination, but probably gets hurt a little bit in that. There's been a lot of star Wars there's movies, been a lot of star Wars movies. It's kind of like Spielberg movies where they're kind of judged against themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of for what they really are. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm going with Dunkirk on that one. Best song. We have Stand Up For Something from Marshall, Mighty River from Mudbound, The Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name, Remember Me from Coco, and This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Have this, you heard this, any the, of these I've, songs? I've heard all except 
the mystery of love and which stand is up i'm gonna tell something. you right now the mystery love's a pretty good song I it's like very soothing i haven't heard that one and i haven't heard stand up for something i've heard mighty river i've heard this is me and i've heard remember me okay um this is one where i could see potentially an upset um interesting I think obviously Coco and Remember Me is the the overwhelming favorite. Sure, this is, Greatest Showman's gotten a lot of love, more love than I thought it would get. Um, really has both from audiences and and that as well. So I'm going to go out on a on a ledge here. I'm going to go with This Is Me. Ooh, interesting choice. I'm going to make the safe bet and go with Remember <laughs> Me. But your logic is sound. Um, it is an uh, it was an unexpectedly successful film. Not so much with critics, but I think amongst not only audiences but also performers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a song that is about you know, uh, sort of that liberation, that embracing of your own uniqueness, which is a very Hollywood thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna go safe bet with Coco. Like I just, that's just a safe bet. I'm gonna it go is. with it. I, I also think the dark horse in this category is is Mighty River and Mudbound. Okay. But I don't think I do think it's down to if anybody's gonna upset Coco, I think it'd be this is me. But Okay. All right. Uh keeping it with the music, we have best score. This is one of my favorite categories. I love film scores. I think film scores are one of the things that makes films what they are. Um and I honestly I think the last few years of film scores have been really meh you know um but this year we have some really interesting ones we have star wars the last jedi we have three billboards outside ebbing missouri we have dunkirk phantom thread and the shape of water any of these stick out to you as memorable film scores actually that's not really the question the question is predictions who do you think is going to win uh i'm going with shape of water yeah i think um it's going to be weird how this year shapes up no pun intended <laughs> um but i think shape of water is going to be a movie unfortunately that doesn't quite get the love it deserved okay. overall but i think this is one category where it's going to get rewarded in so i'm going with shape of water um i am also going to go with shape of water but i would not be surprised if dunkirk won like that is a score you know how i talked about a score sort of gives the film it's it's Je ne sais quoi. It gives it its extra, its special sauce. The Dunkirk score is not a score that you can just listen to on the regular, but it is one of the most heart-pounding, intense, and stressful scores that's ever been made, and I think it fits the film so perfectly. But The Shape of Water is an excellent score. I think it's it's plenty deserving, and I think it's probably going to win. Um, that leads us to production design. Production design is the look of the film um, in the camera and on the set. So the costumes, the sets, uh, the the look and the feel of the of the actual tangible film um, are all about production design. And the nominations this year are The Shape of Water, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Beauty and the Beast, Dunkirk, and Darkest Hour. I'm going to preface this and say I think Blade Runner deserves it, but uh-huh. I think Shape of Water is going to win it. I agree. I think Shape of Water, um, I mean, they both deserve it. I, well, I, no, I neither of them are bad, right. but I think the best production design, if I was picking the category, is Blade Runner. Sure. But I think 
we're making predictions. We're making predictions. I'm saying Shape of Water. I'm going to go with Shape of Water as well. It's just a gorgeous looking film, you know, and the sets and the locations are fantastic and they really they really dig into the mood of that film from the warm apartments to the cold government facilities um the production design has a big part of the emotion of that film mm-hmm. uh makeup and hair probably one of my least favorite categories because it shows just how much the academy fucking hates genre films um, because if you're going to tell me that The Shape of Water doesn't deserve a makeup nomination or Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't deserve a makeup nomination, you're out of your you're out of your mind. Or Star Wars doesn't well, deserve a makeup nomination, you're cl- out of your mind. Well, clarify this for me because I don't know and, and our, probably our listeners don't know either. Okay. Um, has this category been changed significantly because so many um, – so much makeup – and not as much hairstyling, but so much makeup now is CGI'd and not your traditional form of like, I'm wearing this big, heavy, like makeup on my face. Okay. Um, like, cause a lot of the sci-fi movies are going the route of CGI, going with CGI. They put the little dots on the person's face and then they CGI the look of the character after the fact. Um, and so I don't know whether that factors in, but that that would make sense why we have the nominees that we have in this category. And 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 I will walk back my comments a little bit um, because in in the past this award has gone to movies such as Suicide Squad and The Wolfman and the first Star Trek, mm-hmm. um, the 2009 remake. Excuse me, but a lot of times it goes to these historical epics. It goes to the Iron Lady or Les Mis or the Grand Budapest Hotel or fucking movies like that um to answer your question it hasn't undergone any huge changes the biggest change that it made was that it was originally just best makeup Mm -hmm. um it was just like that's just what it was um and it evolved from best makeup to best makeup and hairstyling Mm -hmm. um and it's pretty much been that way for the last 25 years um, usually it's only three nominations. Um, it does seem like a film that can get more than three because, for example, 1999 had four nominations in, in the category, but most of the time it's three nominations. And again, I don't know how the nominations work, um, but yeah, that's kind of all there is there well, about it. Well, to give you the answer, and I say the answer because it's not a prediction, it's the answer. Yeah. Darkest Hour... Turning Gary Oldman into Winston, Winston Churchill. Churchill will trump the wonder. wonder with the boy with the deformity or Victoria and Abdul, which I shouldn't even be nominated. I don't get even, out of here. I don't get like, that crap last, out of here. Like last year, and again, like again, last year was Suicide Squad, A Man Called Ove, uh, okay, and Star Trek Beyond. So I, 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 so I walk back my comments a little bit, but at the same time. Seriously? Well, like movies that you'd think might be nominated in here, but again, I think it comes back to a lot of the change in that they CGI a lot of this stuff now is like Planet War for the Planet of the Apes. Like, sure. A movie like that. There's no makeup there. Like a movie like that 20 years ago would sure. have all been heavy into makeup and sure. hairstyling. Well, Planet of the Apes. Now it's all CGI. I think so. the original Planet of the Apes actually did win yeah. um, some special. You know, this is not that old of a category. It's only been around since the 80s. Yeah. 
Um, so it's a young category to begin with. So, but like, yeah, I guess I, I, this one might be an interesting one to dive into later on. Um, but I agree, it's the darkest hour. There's as a fucking sure of a thing as you can get. This is an interesting one, David. We have film editing, best film editing. Uh, we have three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. We have I, Tanya, The Shape of Water, Baby Driver, and Dunkirk. And I think you agree with me that this is a two-horse race. It is. And it goes back to the sound editing uh, candidates in uh -huh. Dunkirk and Baby Driver. And I think Baby Driver, the job that they did, probably would win this category a lot of years sure but it ran into just like one of the best edited movies I mean, i've seen yeah in dunkirk and so i i i can't pick anything other than dunkirk like i mean i can only echo your sentiments baby driver is a phenomenally put together film it's basically a feature-length music video in which its action sequences are edited to the songs that are playing like that's something i've never seen before other than in like musicals and those are just song and dances those aren't car chases and gunfights well like that one warehouse gunfight in baby driver that's edited to that song is astounding well and i and i'll even say this if dunkirk was your traditional war film probably wouldn't it probably wouldn't have won no. but because christopher nolan did it in such a unique way the way that he told that story yep that's why i think it wins if it's a straightforward Saving Private Ryan esque, and again, that's a phenomenal movie. I think too. that one best editing, yeah. But if it's a straightforward, you know, start to finish war movie that follows along a path, I don't think it beats out a movie like Baby Driver because of the uniqueness of Baby Driver. Right. But you have the combination of war movies always do well in this category, and he did such a unique thing with Dunkirk that I think it wins. Yep. Excellent analysis. I completely agree. Costume design. Typically is going to go towards your your fantasy films or your period films, and this is no different. We have Victoria and Abdul, The Darkest Hour, The Shape of Water, Beauty and the Beast, and Phantom Thread. This one's a hard one to predict, in my opinion. I agree. I think the two mo the two that I and again I haven't seen Phantom Thread. I've seen obviously plenty of previews in that, but Beauty and the Beast and Shape of Water to me are the two top in my opinion but how do you do how do you not give it to a movie that's about basically costume design it's about a dressmaker it's about someone that yeah. does this so i got to go phantom thread unfortunately i just didn't like phantom <laughs> thread at all man and i didn't even think the, the dresses looked that great like i'm not a dress guy so i don't know but i, I just I can't put it I can't put my horse I can't put my bet on Phantom Thread. To me it's between Beauty and the Beast and Shape of Water. Um and I'm going to go with Shape of Water on this one. Uh I just think recreating that period look is excellent. It's probably going to be fucking Phantom Thread. <laughs> Forget I'm moving on. I'm going Shape of Water though. It's just frustrating. Um it's a good one. I like this next category um because you're finally going to get what you want, I think. Yep. Um but best cinematography. And for those of you who don't know, best cinematography is the look of the film on the screen. So it's not the it's not the sets and it's not the costumes, it's the colors. It's the it's the 
it's when you watch a film like The Revenant and you feel cold watching it, that's because of the cinematography. Or you watch a film like Mad Max and you feel hot watching it, it's because of the cinematography. It's the it's the painting that which is done on the canvas of the film screen. Cinematography is all about the look of the film. And the nominations this year are really good. Um, but you have Darkest Hour, you have Mudbound, you have Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Blade Runner 2049. And again, this is one of the ones that I enjoy in that it's a category where the one that I would pick is also the one that I think will win. And that's finally Blade Runner 2049 getting some love for how well it was done yep. from a technical standpoint. Yep. It ran into some really great movies that were also technically done really well. But I think in this case, it beats out Shape of Water because it's not as difficult of a, of a film from a cinematography standpoint okay. to portray. And Dunkirk, it's a war movie. So while they do a fantastic job of transporting you to a war movie, it's a war movie. Blade Runner 249, you get transported to a whole other world we haven't been that sure. also at the same time has things that we have seen. I mean, I could give it to Blade Runner 2049 just for the time that's spent in this futuristic Las Vegas yeah. alone. The desert, I mean, amazing. Yeah. It's Blade Runner. Um, it's definitely Blade Runner. One of the greatest cinematographers of our time is Roger Deakins, and he has never won an Oscar. Um, f fun fact, David, Emmanuel Lubezki won uh, three of the last four Best Cinematography Awards uh, for Gravity, Birdman, and The Revenant. Um, and I can't believe Roger Deakins has never won one. He's been nominated uh, – in almost every time he every time Emmanuel won, Deacons lost. Um, it's amazing how much Roger Deacons has not won an Oscar, uh, and this better fucking be his moment. I'm, even, even I'm agreeing with you. Makes me even feel more better feel, about you feel my strong. decision. Even better about feel, my decision. I mean, Roger Deacons. So Roger Deacons uh, did a lot of cinematography for. Um, Christopher Nolan. As a matter of fact, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, nope, I'm wrong. Forget it. I'm gonna stop what I said. That was actually Wally Feister. Uh, so forget what I said. Um, but uh, there's some really, really good nominations this year, like Hoyt Van Hoytema for Dunkirk, the first woman ever to get nominated, Rachel Morrison for Mudbound. But if Roger Deakins doesn't get it, it's gonna be a fucking crime. Yep. Um, kind of getting into some of the major awards now. Best original. Screenplay, original screenplay, for those of you who don't know, is in a completely original idea that does not come from a previous medium or adaptation. We have The Big Sick, The Shape of Water, Lady Bird, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Get Out. This is a tough one. Too. It's a really tough fucking year, David, once we get into some of these. Well, I'm happy to – I mean – my my three top ones in here are Shape of Water, Three Billboards, and Get Out. Okay. Um, I don't know that those would be considered the three favorites, but those are my three favorites. Big okay. Sick was great, um, and Lady Bird is Lady Bird. Um, <laughs> but a perfectly fine film perfectly that I fine. found to be relatively unremarkable. I think at the end of the day, it's definitely coming down to whether they go with three billboards, which has been kind of the juggernaut of the award season. 
Um, Or do you go outside of your typical Hollywood box and go to get out? Um, It's tough. This one's really really difficult. Um, Man, I... I'm gonna go with with three billboards okay, just because me too. I because I think it deserves it more than Get Out. Oof. But I don't feel good about it though. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I I mean, don't get me wrong. Get Out is well deserving of this award. Yep. I won't be pissed if it gets this award at all. Right. But my gut, if I'm making a prediction, is this is the year of three billboards. Like you got to look at the momentum that's happening yeah. right now. Um, yeah. Although I will tell you that. Uh, Jordan Peele won the the WGA award. He did. So, so there's momentum. Got there. a little momentum there. There's momentum there. So for I, sure. I yeah. It, I just can't pick against three billboards, but it would not surprise me if, at all if Get Out gets it. And that's the crazy part is we're not even talking about Shape of Water, being, right? Really being a serious contender. It's crazy, but yeah, I agree. And it's coming from the mind of Guillermo. Guillermo. Which everything's original. From I think Guillermo. Guillermo. Well, we'll get to Guillermo yeah. in a little bit. Um, Just to go back to cinematography for a second, Roger Deakins has been nominated for 14 Oscars and never won, dude. Again. 14. If you want to get one of my locks, go ahead and go there. (laughs) One of David's locks. Print it. Put it in. Roger Deakins for cinematography. All right. Adapted screenplay. This is a screenplay that is pulled from some type of previous form, whether it be a comic book, a novel, a fucking song, a television show, whatever it may be. Um, and we have a few here. We have some really good ones. We have the the, the disaster artist, Logan, Molly's Game, Mudbound, and Call Me by Your Name. This this is a tough category for me. I know because you have personal feelings, but you gotta ooh, you gotta push those down. I mean, obviously, we know the favorite here. It's Call Me By Your Name. Yes. I mean, that's without a doubt. I think Disaster Artist would have been more in the conversation if not for all the crap around James Franco, which is a travesty on its own that that would affect because Disaster Artist is more than just James Franco. 100%. Even though it is a big part of James Franco. And so I think it's obviously disrespectful to everybody else that was involved sure. that, to submarine a movie just based off of one person and it being, but we won't go down that path. Um, <laughs> well, I'm bring you back. <laughs> uh, my two favorite in this category are Molly's game and Logan. Um, but you know what? I'm going to call an upset here. Ooh, I'm going, I'm going mudbound. Interesting. Very interesting. I can't agree with you. I on know this it's going to be called me by your it's name. It's call me by your name. I know. Um, you know the best thing I can say about call me by your name as a film is that it's a very serene film. Like it's super peaceful. It's a gorgeous looking movie, um, and it's going to win the best at screenplay Oscar. It's about all the good things. It's good performances, but just not a film that resonated with me at all. I didn't see any conflict in it. Um, but whatever. Uh, so uh, just to kind of go back as far as the Writers Guild Awards, the winners for this year's Writers Guild Awards were Get Out and Call Me By Your Name. So that's great. Take that as you will. Take that as you will. I'm sticking with my mud round. As you should. I'm, I'm proud of you. We're at the big six now, my friend. We're getting into it. 
These might be a little bit easier because some of these have really worked themselves out already. Yep. But going with supporting actor, we have Woody Harrelson for three billboards. We have Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. Christopher Plummer, inexplicably, for all the money in the world. Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project. And Sam Rockwell for three billboards. One question for you. Do you think Christopher Plummer got extra love because of the background of his role in this, of having to reshoot every Kevin Spacey scene? Yes. Okay. Probably. I'll, I'll say probably because that is doing Do, a... Well, my question... It's doing a big disservice to Christopher Plummer. Like, well, he's and a fucking great actor. My, my question to you is, should the way the movie was made factor into your decision about who no, was the best no, supporting No, no, because actor? if that is true, then Boyhood wouldn't have gotten any fucking nominations and I'd be happy. But Boyhood... That, no. My sh <laughs> the short answer is No. That can be another podcast. Boyhood was nominated because it was such a uh, an amazingly crafted film um, that was three hours of my life that I'll never get back. So for me, I am happy to say this is another one where my pick and my prediction collide. I am so happy to be able to say I think it's going to be Sam Rockwell. I love Sam Rockwell. Good friend of the podcast. Good movie buddy, Sam Rockwell. And I will say that normal. this goes against one of my normal – uh, thought processes with picking an award. Okay. In that I normally don't like to pick someone where a, another supporting actor comes from that movie because I feel like sometimes it's true they can you split know the take vote. split votes on yep. it. Yep. Um, but I also think if you looked at any of the award other award ceremonies that have gone on that have been handed out. It's, it's the year of Rockwell. It's the year of Rockwell, baby. Uh, I'm going to go Sam Rockwell as well. I mean, he's astounding. He's yeah. great in the film. And, I mean, my my front runner for the longest time was Willem Dafoe, but the Florida Project just didn't resonate with people. This is the Florida Project's only nomination, and I don't think he's going to get it. I feel nope. sad, though, because Willem Dafoe. I like Willem Dafoe. I love Willem Dafoe, but it's going to be Sam Rockwell for yep. supporting actor. Supporting actress. Supporting actress. We got Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. Leslie Manville, who I will say is really good in The Phantom Thread. Lori Metcalf for Lady Bird. And Allison Janney for I, Tanya. So all throughout this these podcasts we've been doing, making early predictions, uh-huh. Um, I feel like you've been big on Laurie Metcalf in a, a little bit throughout the year. Um, and that was a lot of the early conversation. Um, I always liked the dark horse in Mary J. Blige early on. Um, and I think if anybody came out of left field, I could see it being her. Um, but it's, in my opinion, it's Allison Janney. Yeah. And I fully support it at, from seeing the film. Um, she's fantastic in it. Um, and I like her winning it too. So, I mean, Octavia Spencer was great in Shape of Water. Um, and I know that's your favorite film from the year, but I think Allison Janney deserves it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it was a two-way race for the longest time for, for between Allison Jan Janney and Laurie Metcalf. But Allison Janney has just pulled, pulled into the lead. Um, I could see Laurie Metcalf still getting it, but I think it's Janney. I think she's got it all but locked up. I think most of these acting awards are pretty much locked up, um, which brings us to Best Actor. I mean, this is uh, – who would have thought that, like, Daniel Day-Lewis is, like, not the, the, the lock 
um, for this. Um, but I would dare say that he's good in the film, but not amazing. And some of that may be your thoughts on the film. Well, it's 100% my opinion. All of this is my opinion. No, I mean your thoughts on the film itself may cloud a little bit about the maybe, performance. Maybe, maybe, maybe I just don't like my Daniel Day-Lewis unless he's bludgeoning someone to death or like stabbing people or go. like in the genuine possibility of killing somebody, which I don't think was ever a possibility in Phantom Thread. But know. let's list off the nominees. Obviously, we have Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. We have Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. We have Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire, the only nomination for that film. Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. And th the winner, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. If you want another lock for your ballot, pick Gary Oldman to win Best Actor. Lock it in. If you decide to say, oh, no, I think it's going to be someone. No. The answer is Gary Oldman. Not the prediction. The answer is Gary Oldman. Congrats to Gary Oldman. Deserves it. Whether you like Darkest Hour or not, if nothing else, after all that he's done, Gary Oldman deserves it. Yeah, definitely. 100%. No arguments. Gary Oldman's winning, finally winning his Oscar. Uh, best Actress. This is another one where I thought it was a two-horse race for a long time, but it's not anymore. Uh, best Actress. We have Meryl Streep for The Post. We have Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, and Frances McDormand for Three Billboards. This is another one where I'm happy to say my pick is also my prediction. Frances McDormand, Three Billboards, lock it in. Lock it in. It's locked in for sure. Frances McDormand is winning Best Actress. Best Director. Last two awards of the night. Best Director. Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. And before you start, David, let me just point out how great it is that we have a di not only diversity in the nominations, but like we have the director, first time director of a horror film is nominated for Best Picture. We have the director of a of a war film nominated. We have the director of a weird, creepy fish. Man, fantasy film. Now, I love this. I love that these different films are being recognized. Um, but who do you think is going to be the winner? What's interesting about this category is, other than Christopher Nolan, I believe these would all be first-time winners, right? Chris, well, Christopher Nolan hasn't no, won. Oh, yeah, Christopher Nolan. Now, every, no yeah, matter what, is no matter what we're getting so, a first-time winner. Fantastic. In a year that we had a... I'm just going to say it, Oscar bait, Steven Spielberg movie, he's not even nominated. No. And, so, and, and sitting across from you as possibly the world's largest Steven the chair, Spielberg the fan. The chairman of the Steven Spielberg fan club. I, I will follow that man into the depths of hell. But the post was merely good and, and not great. And if, and if you go to our hindsight awards that we, we talked about earlier on this podcast – we talked about how PTA has still Paul Thomas Anderson has not won a director. He'll get there. He'll get there, but guess what? It's not going to be this year. It's not going to be this year. I think our our fish love story and Guillermo and the weird mind that Guillermo has. I think he's finally going to get rewarded. Would not surprise me in the least if Christopher Nolan won, and I even think the dark horse out of there could be Jordan Peele. Just Sure. If if someone's gonna win out of these, that like is gonna make everybody gonna be like, what? Yeah. 
that would be the one I would pick. Yeah. Uh, but it's Guillermo's. It's Guillermo's. Let me ask you a question, David. And this, I agree, it's Guillermo's. I am so fucking excited to see that joyous little happy fat Mexican man <laughs> on stage. Like he's gonna cry so much. I'm gonna cry. It's gonna be beautiful. I'm gonna be very excited for Guillermo. I again wouldn't be surprised if any one of these nominees won. Except I would be genuinely shocked if PTA won. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Leading into our final category. How do you feel about films that split the director and picture award? Because it is happening more and more. Um, how do you feel about that? I think every year is a little bit different. It's hard for me. And, and it's, it's different because you have five nominees for director where you have ten up to ten nominees for best picture. Sure. So if you're going to have more than five nominees for best picture – then obviously logic tells us that one of the best picture nominees director at, at is, least is going to get left out of the best director. Uh -huh. Now it's weird to me when you have someone nominated for best director, but their movie not nominated for best picture. Sure. Um, or vice versa. Or well, no, not vice versa because we talked about the imbalance of numbers. Sure. Um, but it's 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 odd to me, but it's. I understand it in some cases. I think it's a year-by-year -year basis. To me, it's impossible when you have a movie like when we talked in our Hindsight Awards about when Argo won Best Picture and Affleck wasn't even nominated. Wasn't even nominated. Like that's, that just can't happen. That shows that's something bananas. incorrect in how the Oscars <laughs> is done. And that's I'm not the Affleck fanboy that's you talking. Yep. And that just doesn't make any sense. So, um, But for me... And this one, to me, it's a two-horse race. Yep. Shape of Water. It's three billboards. Um, I think this is going to be one of the years, like you alluded to, where we have it split. Guillermo gets his director. Three billboards uh, gets the best picture. And I would call it the overall winner of this year's awards will be three billboards Will be three well. billboards. Well, we've already called it for... At least three other awards. Yeah. Um, I do. I will tell you this. I will tell you two things. Number one, it feels like splitting picture and director is becoming the new normal. It's happened four out of the past five years, with the exception of Birdman, inexplicably. Um, I, I think that's a bummer. Um, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. I just think it's a bummer. Um, I also feel like – I just feel like The Shape of Water – could could eke it out. I mean, I I miss. I also miss the days where the best picture winner won like eight awards. Yep. Um. I think all of the previous best picture winners have won like three awards or four award awards. Um. Like I I genuinely I'm trying to remember the stats, but I'm fairly certain that the last time the oscars like the one that won the most was best picture was at least five or six years ago like la la land won six awards but didn't win best picture mad max won six awards didn't get best picture um birdman won four yeah okay okay well and and i think it comes down gravity to, won seven well and it comes down to our logic of if it's so good in all these other categories how could the overall film not be the best like how how can you you know it, and it's it's not it's not to say that that it can't happen, right? You know, if if we're making the sports analogy, you can have a team that's 
tops in all the statistical categories, but doesn't win the championship. Sure. Like that happens. The uh, last film to win more than five awards while winning Best Picture was The Hurt Locker, and then the movie before that, Slumdog Millionaire, won eight Oscars. Yeah. That was also a down year for movies. That was a though, real too. fucking down year uh, for movies. Can't wait till we recap but that one. I think, well, one, I think it's weird that. Um, Maybe it happens more it's often weird than that not. Mc, it's, I don't know. it's weird that McDonough wasn't nominated for Best Director, in my opinion. It's true. Given how much love it's gotten. But it wouldn't surprise me because if you think of recent awards years, that movie that's dominated all the lead up awards. Yeah. It has been upset quite a bit. Last year it was La La Land, not to bring up a sore subject for you. But it, there's been a lot of that in recent memory of yeah. movies doing really well in the lead up only to get unseated at Best Picture. I mean, especially in the 90s. Like, it didn't happen a ton. Like, going back to the 90s, like, Silence of the... Going back to all, all the way back to the 64th. Um, or, I mean, we even go further back, go all the way to Dances with Wolves. Shit, man, go all the way back to Driving Miss Daisy. For Driving Miss Daisy won the most awards, won Best Picture. Dances with Wolves, most awards, Best Picture. Science of the Lambs, same thing. Keep going all throughout the 90s. Uh, Unforgiven, most awards, Best Picture. Schindler's List, keep going. Forrest Gump, I mean, we could, I, I mean, I could do this all through the 90s. Braveheart. The English Patient even won nine fucking Oscars. The English Patient won. Titanic. Shakespeare, fucking even Shakespeare in Love, if I got to go in that direction. American Beauty. Something changed. Gladiator. Something changed where it just, there was stopped being dominant films, oddly enough. Um, and it's just, it's an interesting conversation to be had. Well, and I think some of this has to come back to the way that everything's voted for different people vote for each category like you have people that are related to sure. cinematography sure. voting for cinematography not that they couldn't potentially vote for best picture as well but i would imagine if you looked at like the number of votes for each category the technical categories probably have far fewer people people voting or maybe it's the opposite than what best picture is um because I would think everybody who's been involved with films that's part of the Academy gets to vote on Best Picture. Well, everybody votes whereas, for the... Whereas, you know, other people may not be voting for the technical category. Well, the way that it works, the way that the voting works, you probably know this, but yep. the way that the voting works is when the nominees are being voted on, not the final awards, yep. but when the nominees are voted on, they are voted on by the people to which the award belongs to. Mm -hmm. The editors vote for editing. The actors vote for acting. And then everybody votes for Best Picture. Yep. And then at the end, everybody votes for everything. Yeah. Um, it's just weird. But you it know what? Weird. It's it's weird. I like having my franchises. I like having my dominant teams to somebody who clearly says, like, this is the best picture of the year because it won nine awards. You know? Like, something I can stand behind that. Like, this isn't the best picture of the year because it just won best picture. Fucking 12 Years a Slave won, like, two awards. You know? I will say this this year is really difficult. To pick. This one's going like, to be another one of those years, dude. There is not going to be a dominant but film. I, but I also think this is one of those years where like, I don't see a dominant film out there. Like, As much as I loved Shape of Water, as right. much as I loved Dunkirk, and I really liked 
three billboards. Um, and I really like Get Out and some of these other nominees. Like, I can't say, like, they should have dominated and gotten, like, eight awards. Like, I can't, as much as I love Shape of Water, I can't say that should have won eight things because you had the movie, like, Dunkirk that I can't honestly say Shape of Water was better at editing and sound editing I know. than than Dunkirk. So it's tough when you get years like this. And I think this leads to not as predictable of a best picture and best director because you don't have that movie that just every category dominates like we had in some of the past years um, because some of these movies are just so good in certain aspects of their film. Like War for the Planet of the Apes, we could argue that it was one of the best films of the year. Right. If we go into, you know, some of the things we talked about in hindsight awards, but there's no doubt it <laughs> that it doesn't deserve um oh what was it nominated for? Um now I'm blanking. What? Editing in score? Editing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, Absolutely. There's no there's no doubt. No. So um, it, it'll be interesting, and that's what I think makes it so hard to predict right now sure. is because you don't have someone that just top to bottom in all the categories is dominant. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's why I think it wouldn't surprise me if something comes out of left field and wins Best Picture. As much as Three Billboards has absolutely dominated and as much as Shape of Water seems like the next one in line, Hollywood and the Academy would not surprise me at all if they blew my mind and picked one of the other ones from this list. I wouldn't. I, I genuinely like wouldn't be shocked if Lady Bird won. I'll put that out there right now. I'm gonna put that in. <laughs> I'm putting that out into the universe. But your only pick, to jinx it. But your pick is three billboards. Three billboards. My pick. I'm going with the heart, man. I'm going with with my love. I'm going with my boy Guillermo. I'm gonna go Shape of Water. But that is not to discount three billboards. Phenomenal film. Um, so those are our official The Popcorn Diet predictions. Um, as we said before, uh, go follow us on Twitter, at The Popcorn Diet. Send us your full Oscar predictions. And David's got a $20 gift card with your name on it. So so look out for that. Um, you can also follow us on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, at The Popcorn Diet. You can go to our website, popcorndietpodcast.com, for all the latest episodes, all the articles and reviews that we put together. But, David, the Oscars are upon us. It's been a fun year. It's going to be a more fun year debating about what becomes an Oscar film again. Could Black Panther break the ceiling? Who knows? I guess we'll talk about that in one year's time. Uh, so, for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. We'll see you at the Oscars on Sunday. We'll have our reaction afterwards. And then we got a whole year worth of awesome movies to talk about. Adios.